0: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Advantage. I am your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Sunday, February 25th, and we are talking check ball. We are continuing our weekly Sunday series where we check in with the biggest and hottest topics in the NBA. I am going to go through some very relevant things. Like we have Steve Kerr's new two-year extension. He got a bag. I got the fix for NBA All-Star Weekend. I'm very excited to see if my guest thinks that I have fixed NBA All-Star Weekend. We had some amazing things happen in games with some young players. Paolo Bancaro hitting a game winner and crying as he walks off the court. Victor Wembanyama having a 5-5-5. How relevant is a 5-5-5? How hard is a 5-5-5? How much should we value the weight of a 5-5-5? We will break down all of that and more. Of course, let me remind everyone to follow my Substack, .substack fiddlespicks.substack.com. That is where you can find all of my picks, my write-ups, and I send out my podcast links and so much more. I have a very exciting post coming to the Substack audience tonight. So make sure you are signed up for fiddlespicks.substack.com. And of course, this episode is brought to you guys by Fantasy Basketball International. So if you play Fantasy Basketball, Go check out all of their materials. Let's get this thing poppin'. I'm the type to get shit though. You the type to observe. March man is so my speakers, but today's November twenty-third.
1: Cause I'm loud in the blunt, yeah. I don't say what I want, yeah. Probably somewhere sunny and tan, foreign women in the sun, yeah. That's all that I need, that's all that I need, that's all that I need.
0: Come on, brothers with me, come my brothers with me. All right, everybody, welcome in. I am joined by our weekly guest on Check Ball. I would call him Av, but he recently sent me a text message that had a picture of a screen <laughs> of the score of a bowling alley, and this man put up a two nineteen. So, yo, pins, how are you doing? <laughs> welcome. Uh, I'll, to, I'll, how the hell did you score a two nineteen in bowling? Are you like that good?
1: Uh, so I, have been bowling with my brother pretty consistently once a week for the last like 20, 25 weeks now. And you know, that was my best game. So I'm not that good, but you know, 165 average and, and we just learned to, to hook the ball. So it's been fun. Yeah. It's been fun.
0: All right. Joining me is pins every week. On Sunday now. <laughs> I'll take it. All right. So you play tennis, you go bowling, you shoot hoops. You're very active when you're in the groove. What is the best thing to be, on? because you just said 219 is your best score. You played tennis this morning. Is it best to be hitting forehands and backhands and dropping, taping lines? Is it best to be knocking strikes or is it best to be hitting threes and dropping? When you're laser focused and in the zone, what's your most fun hobby?
1: Yeah, I, it still has to be basketball for me. I think part of that is because it's, you know, the one I've played the longest, the one I'm, I'm the best at. But there is like a, a more like a cockier zone feeling like tennis and bowling. You're you're by yourself and I'm happy I'm getting better. And it, you still feel good in the zone. But it's a little bit more, you know, technical perfection. Basketball is just, you know, beautiful art when you're in the zone and hitting everything and seeing the core. Well, it's that's
0: the most proper. The tooth the too small on them. Though, you know, you that, are, that's
1: me. Yeah, that's I, I don't, don't I don't, yeah. <laughs> A.V. might not I, be I'm going to hit you with the goggles more often. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can't see because I'm sitting down, but you would know.
0: All right, uh, let's transition over to, point, uh, over to basketball, A.V. The reason why my intros lately have been a little bit off is because when I go live on the screen and then add the I have to put on the countdown clock, then go live, then go to Twitter and yeah. retweet the thing, then make sure that the, so I'm so confused by the time the 30 seconds goes up to actually start so I apologize for my intros being less uh, sharp than they normally are. However, let's go through check ball and talk about these topics the list of topics that I sent you includes. Mike's NBA All-Star Fix. I think I figured it out, A B. Steve Kerr got an extension, a massive bag. You can call it two bags because it's such a big bag. And then we have a bunch of like little in-game stories to talk about. And I also sent out a little tweet that said, tell me your biggest storyline of the season. So we got some reaction tweets to go over as well.
1: I like that. Where do you want to start? Yeah, you you didn't you you didn't fill me in on what your all-star fix was. So that's what I've obviously been most looking forward to hearing. So let's start
0: there. OK, I don't know if it's a general fix to All-Star weekend or All-Star game itself. But of course, we've come to clearly realize that they just don't try hard enough, that the competitive level is not high enough. Um, why don't we just invite the players instead of forcing the players to do it? There's just a big human element. And you could put this to any aspect of life the difference in effort you give when you're forced to do something versus when you are volunteering and signing up to do something so let's say they the invites get sent out let's say it's a phone call from adam silver to Nicole jokic and it's an invite that says hey we are inviting you to nba all-star weekend but if you accept this invite then please give us some effort in in back so that way the players can opt to say no thanks i'm going to sit this one out and then we just go to the next guy kind of like the nfl pro bowl like We have, if Jokic wants to sit it out, is it really a big deal to bring in Gobert or Sabonis, who have been having amazing years? If Ant-Man wants to sit it out, can we just bring in Brandon Ingram or James Harden or De'Aaron Fox or, you know, Desmond Bain? Like, is it that big of a deal to step down and just let some of these guys not participate if they don't want to be there?
1: So here's, here's the two things that come to mind. First and foremost, would they still get the All-Star nod accolade on their resume if they make the All-Star game and they nod out? Because if they don't, then I still think you're getting players who are accepting the invite so that they can – you know, say they were a five-time All Star, an All Star for their first time for sure, a ten-time All Star, whatever it is on that level. And then the other thing is that even if you incentivize players well enough with by giving them the accolade, whatever it is, I still think that you're going to get players who show up for the weekend and don't necessarily go all out in the game. I, I maybe that is the fix. It's, it's hard to imagine it getting better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like any amount better would would be better than that. It's 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 hard because they there have been good years that we've seen.
0: I just want Drew League L.A. fitness level of competition.
1: Yeah, I know. So that's like not even that high of a bar. Why can't they why can't they get that? It's. It's, it's harder in the longer games uh, when one team's blowing the other team out and they're trying anyway. So that part of that is why I liked the Chris Paul Elo scoring is there, there felt like there was more of a quarterly reset where, where even if you weren't trying at the end of the last quarter, you, you could kind of lock back in, get a new five in there. Um, but it, this is this has been disappointing. You're, I mean, your 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 plan is better than nothing because they have to
0: do something. Who says no this year to the invite? Like, let's go back. Like, Anthony Edwards still says yes to the invite because it's only a second year. Well, I mean, the,
1: the, the question has to, to be, do, do you?
0: Sure. I mean, I don't think it matters that much. You but, could say but, he was uh, an all-star, uh, do, do you... all-star participant. We can make the category for your Hall of Fame legacy when we reflect back and say Chris Bosch has 11 all-star appearances. We could reflect back and say Anthony, Alls- Anthony Edwards has 11 all-star selections. Does that matter? And then in the actual game, if he mm. chooses to show up okay. whatever.
1: Yeah, I think as long as you're giving him that that accolade, as long as you're color selection, whatever it is, then you're gonna get people who'd rather spend the time with their family on a vacation, which which I respect. And then you don't have those players you know only shooting lefty and not caring about the all-star game i i think if you find a way yeah to reward them for being voted in without forcing them to come and not try you're certainly in a better position than we were this this past one
0: let me ask you as a basketball fan are you now like way less interested in watching oh, i, the I apologize
1: i think i'm frozen on your screen here
0: oh good we could deal with some technical difficulties live are you far are you far from the router or something
1: uh, yeah, you know, I'm in the same spot. We always do it, as you can tell from my normal view. Yeah, and right. obviously, as soon as I draw attention to it, now I see you fine again. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll say my apologies.
0: Yeah. All good. If you care less, like, are you less interested in All-Star Weekend if Anthony Edwards and Jokic and Luka were the ones to sit out and we replace them with Desmond Bain, Sabonis and De'Aaron Fox?
1: Not, not at all, but it's i there's there's a fine line there, you know, like you named four people, and I like the four that they added. But if it ends up being where you're only getting a handful of stars, then it doesn't feel like all star weekend anymore. um and if you're not getting celebrities to come and care about it, that's that strangely is a big part of it.
0: I think the biggest thing is like nBA all star weekend is a lot about um the players giving back to their sponsors and doing like appearance deals and wearing the new shoes that's and important. doing like those brand appearances so if you have a deal with Nike or if you're Curry with your Under Armour deal like Under Armour wants Steph Curry to be there that's very important on Under Armour's behalf and establishing that relationship so it almost becomes more corporate and relationship driving than anything else so it does get a little bit wonky but for me personally as like a hardcore NBA fan like I don't care if Anthony Edwards is in the game put Desmond Bain if he's going to try a little harder and I could still see something cool and he's going to give Drew League level of competition, then I'm in. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Steve Kerr gets a two-year extension, A.V. I think it was $35 million, if I'm correct. I think that's the yep. biggest, uh yep. extension, resetting the market. A few things to talk about with this one. But first of all, what, what was your first thought when you came to mind when you saw the Steve Kerr extension?
1: I, I mean, it's it's about time that the highest – paid coaches are the best coaches. It's always weird when you have like Monty is the highest paid coach or like Jalen Brown is the highest paid player. Like you want the best players and coaches to make the most money. And so he now Steve Kerr makes the most per year at 17 and a half and you love to see it. And your, your first thought might be what a lot of the headlines were is that this contract lines up with the end of Steph Curry's contract. And I feel like I, they're both such like reasonable, normal people um that i feel like they could actually be one of these tandems along with potentially Draymond and Clay that actually ends their careers together and at the right time that they can line this up be on the same page not you know end too soon or too late um and kind of all go out together cuz you know they all contributed so much and i don't think Steve Kerr thinks he could do it without curry
0: is that 2 years from now or is that a- no, one i don't yeah. think so no. I-
1: Uh, I mean, I I guess, you know, time flies. We'll see what Curry looks like in in two years, but Curry is, you know, still at the top of the game. You know, he may not be number one or two right now in terms of influence, but his gravity and what he he still contributes to the offense is crazy. And he's getting better on defense and stronger. I I think he'll have longevity. I'm just saying that I think they'll all leave together at the right time. Whereas like you have a lot of divas and breakups and and tough when you have tough personalities, they all seem kind of easy and they get along.
0: So... My thought about this was, is there, like, kind of a hint or nod towards Clay that, like, dude, you're getting a two-year deal? Like, we know Clay turned down a two-year, and I think it was $48 million before the season started. Now, with Steve Kerr signing a two-year deal, it's pretty much just the Warriors put their foot on the table of just, like, we're not giving you more years. I think we're going to get to the point where – the Warriors give him the most that they can under like the current tax implications. So the Warriors will set up their team and then say, All right, Clay, we have two years and 35 left over, or Clay, we have two years and 40 left over, or whatever. He's clearly not getting two years and 48 again. And it's going to be less and it's going to be two years. And I think this was a signal from a whole front office. And like maybe even there's backroom discussions of like Steve Kirk. You're okay. We will give you another contract. You are not getting worse at coaching in the next two years. We know Steph is going to be able to to re-up at the right time. So let's do this and get Clay locked in, and then let's reevaluate in two years. We also know Kerr's had the back surgeries and problems with that and spinal fluid leaks after surgeries where he had to miss tons of time and had horrible headaches. And, like, that can't be easy to do all this travel and continue on with, like, a high-stress job. So I actually kind of agree it might be two more years of Steve Kerr.
1: I agree, and I think it's a good point with Clay. The one thing I'll say, even though he did turn down the two for 48 before the, the year, he is somewhat self-aware. I know he's still cocky oh, and failing yeah. himself and thinks he should oh, yeah. you know, finish every quarter, but him seeing how poorly he's played for, for most of this season, and we'll see what he does in the playoffs, is, is going to make it easier for him to stomach that two-year deal that he should and will take.
0: So you mentioned that the highest-paid coaches are getting the most money now. We had this discussion when Eric Spolstra signed his this extension a few weeks ago. Do you know who the happiest yeah. man in the coaching community is when they heard this news? Frozen
1: AV. Yeah, who's up for the next contract? Let me let me think. Who who's who's a hot coach up for the next contract? I, I don't know because Spo just got signed. You know we love him. Let Carl me tell you me not, see who it is. Yeah, yeah. Who is it?
0: It's Ty Lue with the richest Ooh. owner in sports. Wow, yes. Okay,
1: good call. And they could make a real run in the playoffs this year. People have really been pro Ty Lue the last, you know, year and a half. I think that's a great call. Good for him, getting paid.
0: Do you think Ty Lue eclipses the first $100 million coaching deal? Does Ty Lue come in with, like, a five-year 100 or a six-year 100, just monsoon? He's got Balmer. He's kind of young. They're I mean, I think you make a great point about boom. Ballmer
1: ownership because if – yeah, if – you, you you know, like not only is the money a, a, a drop in the bucket for Ballmer, but he would like to be on the end of a deal like this, giving someone like Ty Lu this kind of money, rewarding him and, and get making headlines for having such a big contract like this. I mean, let's let's see how, how the playoffs shake out. It's it's kind of a weird time to talk about Resigning coaches which is why it's a weird time that we're getting all of these you know these coaching extension headlines it almost like doesn't fit with where the the story guys, is in the NBA. But I'm, I'm happy that it's hard now good for him
0: these guys aren't concerned about if, if they don't do well in the playoffs this year they're all still fine they're all stamped in that sense they all yeah they all have rings that i think they're all they're all pretty stamped um av who's the best coach this year who's going to win coach of the year
1: I mean, Coach of the Year usually isn't necessarily the best coach. It's who had, you know, low expectations coming in and then way out kicks their coverage. So what what team is that? It has to be someone like maybe OKC or Minnesota if they actually finish in first. Um, you know, Dagnalt, if I'm even saying that correctly, sadly, um, was sort of not in the running for Coach of the Year. He wasn't going to win it last year, but got a lot of those, you know, second, third, fourth votes, I think. Um, if they actually finish in first, he's done a great job with them. I don't think Chris Finch is qu- quite going to get that yet. I don't think Missoula's getting it with how the Celtics have sort of been into ex- a dominant. So it's it's a tough call, but I th- I think it could be one of the, like, Dagnall. I don't know the odds, though. I should probably look at this first. Who Who is actually favored?
0: Well, I'm glad you said all that, A.V., because um, beginning <laughs> of the show, I kind of said there's going to be very exciting Substack stack posts coming tonight. And uh, you're one of the few people in the world that knows exactly how much I bet and have can know exactly what I'm betting at all times and have all of that inside knowledge. Uh, it's actually because you don't bet. So it's I don't mind sharing that information oh, with right. you. Other, yeah. <laughs> times, other times people are texting me because like, they know I bet X amount of money. They'll text me like every day for my new plays. And just like, I'm that's not my responsibility all the time to send all these texts. I do it on Twitter, I do it everywhere else, go find what I'm giving out. But like, some of this has to remain personal. You actually have access to know everything. And I'd always tell you things. A.B., I have not told you yet. And I'm going to tell, um, and I'm going to share publicly, I very rarely share publicly, like, hey, this is exactly what I bet. And this is how much I bet. I'm actually going to do it tonight, tomorrow, and share my coach of the year position Because uh, this weekend, Av, I bet five and a half thousand dollars on NBA Coach of the Year, and I split my portion between Dagnall and Finch, who were the odds-on favorites. And uh, I made a massive, massive move in the market. I even shut down the betting market at two sites and then moved the odds. And just it's been an awesome position. (laughs) So I'm going to explain all of that on the Substack and Twitter tomorrow. Just a quick quick note of what's coming is a five and a half thousand dollars on nba coach of the year on those two people so i'm glad you said i, I mean that. i'm, I'm
1: uh, looking forward to that you know you know i like that topic too yeah yeah okay, exactly great.
0: we always talk coaches which brings me over to quick thoughts on kevin ollie because we talked about kevin ollie last week um it's been a disaster for the Nets at the start uh i think <laughs> i think we now know why he never got an nba head coaching job <laughs> Uh, I like that last week I was saying I like the fact that he got a head coaching position. It's been a long time coming for him. He was linked to previous jobs and kind of got shafted and not getting them at the last second. So it was nice to see him promoted and given an interim to maybe make his mark. It does not look good. They look dysfunctionally disorganized. Mm. I don't know if that's him or him with the Nets. Him in interviews is saying the wrong things. It is an abject disaster at the start.
1: Yeah, I mean, I—it's a tough situation to come into. You know, the Nets aren't an exciting team to watch right now, and it's you telling me that Kevin alley has been a disaster. I was like, I didn't even know that because I go out of my way not to watch Nets basketball. I, you know, I know you work there, have good relationships with them. You may watch them more. I, I, I do not. But it's it's tough to come into a season like this where not only is your team not playing well, but you. You don't have good vibes. It's it's not like you're excited, and it's like yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of like the Raiders have had two coaches come in and be like, like Antonio Pierce and Bassachia, like they came in great vibes, the team's still hype. Like let's salvage the season. The, the, the opposite culture. of that. Immediately, like I look, I don't expect Kevin Alley to do that because of the Nets, not because of Kevin Alley. But I, yeah, I have no doubt that he's not the next, you know, superstar coach.
0: He is not going to be the, I'll call it now, Kevin Ollie's not the coach of the Nets at the start of next season. It looks bad. The Toronto Raptors uh, beat the Nets 121-93. to 93. This Toronto Raptors team has been abysmal since trading away OG and Siakam. Like, they, like they've won two games, and one of them is a 27, 8-point win over the Nets. And then they went to Minnesota, and they lost by... Uh, twenty-five or whatever, losing one hundred one to eighty-six or what is that, fifteen? Yeah, Minnesota's off- good. Yeah. So, so just back to back, fifteen-plus point losses, and not even scoring ninety-five points in either version in this day's NBA. It ain't looking good for yeah. the Kevin Ollie Nets. I hope that they figure it out and get it together a little bit because it's bad. Let's quickly talk about AV the um. Paolo Bancaro, game winner and post game interview did you actually see the game winner yeah. do you want me to do you want me to share the screen and play the any of the footage
1: feel free to throw it on the screen if you'd like I've, I didn't see it live but I've seen it a couple times since both the game winner and and the interview but if you want to play it first play it and then we'll talk about it
0: all right let me figure out how I share the screen let's 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 play the game winner first hold on yeah your screen hello
1: yeah because you know anytime you have a, a player on a on a 10 seed you know crying in a regular season game you know something's going on but i have a take on it after
0: okay i don't know if we're gonna get like fined for doing this but whatever <laughs> hopefully my coach of the year money <laughs> <laughs> um all right yeah, that we'll means see. they're watching Backs it yeah <laughs> down <laughs> That's to a five good... He'll go to work. Step back. Over Durant. Shot is up oh! and Caro drills it. And a foul. Chance mm. for a three-point play. Big time, Carol oh. AV, first question. Travel or nah?
1: Nah, nah. Why? On that step back? Nah, nah. And he got on that him too. step back he on that forward. dance move he nah. just did. No, 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 let him be, let him be. That's not what we're here to talk about. Paolo's having a big moment here. It's it's a nice hit. Granted, it's against the Pistons, and they've kind of performed worse than I thought they would after the
0: beginning of the season, but yeah. AV, I was on the under 226 for this game. So here it's sitting at 218 with six seconds left, about to go to overtime. And Paolo Bancaro, let's watch this thing again. I'll mute it this time. Bank Bancaro, who's the icing? Jalen Duran, little step back. Let's watch Ooh. the feed real quick. Oh, wait.
1: All right, all right, I'm watching.
0: Eh, it was kind of a hop step.
1: Yeah, it, and it's tough. You don't know when the foul starts, too. Like, this isn't where I would nitpick, you know, like uh, the Pistons and Duran
0: knows they got him, so. Yeah, yeah. Yep, Duran knows he fucked up. Then Cole Anthony on the back. I, I mean,
1: there. I... For, for, yeah, Cole is hype. I mean, uh, the one thing that it, it does say about a team like this is, is that they are a close-knit team. They do care about winning. This isn't a an organization where, you know, they've been historically so bad. So a lot of times, even if you win a little, you get good players. You can't change the culture because you're all just so used to winning. This is an organization that sort of feels like they know how to win. They're, they're fighting. They play good defense for stretches of the year. I kind of respect Orlando.
0: Um, let's play the – one second. Play the uh, post-game reaction video on the court. Paolo getting interviewed. This one was battling
1: through an illness, but walk me through that play and just how important it was to get that game-winning shot. And it was important. <sighs> oh. it was important
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I forgot about that. And, uh, you know, I, I just uh, – I'm sick. You know,
1: uh, take your time, take your time. Walk me through the emotions that you're feeling right now to help this team get a win and and in this, and this hard game against
0: the Pistons tonight. Oh, my God, I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's just been tough, man. I've been feeling terrible. I played terrible. And uh, I just give credit to my teammates, man. They, uh, they, they lifted me up the whole game. So, uh, I don't know why I'm fucking crying right now. <laughs> I don't know why I'm crying right now. Um, it's a hard game, and uh I'm proud of my team for sure. I got to be honest, AV. I absolutely love it. Like, players don't really care about regular season. That's what we're told all the time. And here's young dude playing through a sickness, having his version of the flu game, and then making a game winner. And crying at the end of the game. He's playing the Detroit Pistons, the worst team in the league. And you can see the emotion on his face in a regular season game on a Saturday in February. Like They're pretty decently positioned for a playoff play in spot. Not much is going to change based on that. And yet he cares so much. It was actually refreshing to see.
1: Uh, look, I, I, I don't, I don't want to be a hater because I love it too, and I don't want to downplay that it's important that he really is like that, and that team is close knit and cares and is like that. But just, just from like a how the human body works standpoint, he's sick. He's so exhausted. You're getting interviewed there. It's like the most emotional time where you're like letting out. It's like, it's like the way that like even if when you were like sort of an adult and playing ball, like your last game of the year, you're like. Crying, it's like post-game, you're just exhausted, you have nothing left. It's an emotional time to get hit within an interview right there. Um, but it, it is still real and raw, and I and I like that team.
0: Um Wembanyama had a five by five, so five points, five rebounds, yeah, five wow. assists, five steals, and five blocks. A V, it was the first player to do it in over 10 years, and which I was talking with a friend of the pod, Gibby Graves, and I said, how impressive is the is the five by five? And he was just like, "Nah, it's not that impressive. And then I said, It isn't it isn't it harder to accomplish than averaging a triple-double for an entire season? And he goes, why? Because we've seen it done before. And I was like, Yeah, I mean, like, in the last 10 years it's happened quite a few times, or is this the first time ever? And he was like, no, nah, because if you go for a five five, it would happen way more often. How impressive do you think a five 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 is? Is it relevant at all, or is it just skip it? <sighs>
1: It, it is impressive. It's just, I don't think that rarity necessarily equals difficulty. Like, I, 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 it's incredibly impressive. And we'll talk about why for him, too. If you watch him and the way that he plays defense, it actually does matter. But to average a triple double for a season, especially the way that like Westbrook and, and almost Joker and people have, have done Joker almost did it in the playoffs. I, I think he just lo- like just dropped off in the finals. It's, it's just you have to put in so much work. You're doing so much. Even if other people have done it before, it's it's such a big deal versus like one off games game to be in the stack category because you know, you know, bl- blocks and steals are rarely empty stats, but sometimes you can be too focused on that when other players have such an impact defensively and are just not racking up those, like, gaudy counting stats. Um, but if you watch Mombinana play, it's actually a big deal. The way that he can move his feet and have that kind of length combined actually affects the way that people put up different shots, the way they're thinking on the floor. Um, I mean, he has Kyrie having to pull crazy things out of his bag just to try and finish. That's, that's why it's exciting to have a player like this. It's going to push other players to play better, finish harder it's uh, i'm impressed with Wemba. he we talked about him before the year he's better than we both thought right and you were higher on him than i was
0: he's checked every box yeah he's exactly what we could have hoped for right on and off the court too i mean yeah. you can see him getting upset with anthony edwards at the skills competition because he's not competing like that's exactly what we wanted out of you know an emerging superstar in the league I think the five assists part is really impressive too because normally when someone's expending that much energy on defense and when they're able, able to get five blocks and five steals that means they're playing like this hybrid position to also be a focal point on offense and be able to play make to get five assists that's an except like that's another addition to the rarity of it.
1: Um, I'm with you and it's and it's. Good point out. The one thing I will say too is, and part of why the Spurs are so bad by him playing well and doing this is that they have no point guard. They have no playmakers. They have no ball creation. So he's almost forced to be more of a hub than he's ready for when, like, they just don't have a point guard. Like, give him a Trey Young, give him a real point guard. I I can't wait to see Pop coach for real again because not that I'm doubting him, it's just been so long. Like, I want them to pair Wemby with someone actually good and make a run next year so we can see what Pop can do.
0: Alex just dropped in the chat. It was a 27, 10 and eight, five and five was the complete box score. Uh, two wow. assists shy of a triple that's double. Not, yeah, It's, yeah, that's impressive. And, and I think to add on what makes it so like, what makes it a little, like the five assists is impressive, but at the same time, we're in the era of big men getting, becoming focal yeah. points of offenses yeah. and, and racking up assists. And a bunch of big men are averaging over five assists now. So a little bit of the way the game has changed a bit. A V, before we go, we have a few takes from the audience that responded nice. to me on Twitter when I said, What's the biggest storyline since we've come back from All-Star Break? Now I got three of them I'm gonna hit you with. Uh one just said it's all about the fix to the All-Star Games. That's all that we've been talking about. TBD, if we have fixed all-star games. Do you think they you think they try the same thing again do you think there's actually any changes
1: i i I don't know what the changes are i do think they try something i think adam silver was embarrassed this year with you know his, his guarantee how it shook out and i do think they try something whether it's you know invitations whether it's money whether it's you know forcing them behind closed doors like get your david stern on do what you have to do make them play
0: 76ers not making the playoffs was one of the takes that I had, that was was sent in. Not from me. That was sent in from Josh yeah. Daniels. Thank you, Josh, for, for commenting. I'm going to pull up the NBA standings right now. 76ers look abysmal without Embiid. Uh, Maxi, of course, was dealing with a sickness. They did beat the Cavaliers because Donovan Mitchell was out, so that was actually a big win for them to to beat a team as an underdog while they're struggling. They are one and beat them today. Up. The 76ers are one and a half games up of the eighth seed Miami heat. They are, they're currently the fifth seed sandwiched between the magic, the Pacers and the heat, but they are one game out from being in the playing tournament and a game and a half from being in the back part of the playing tournament where they need to win two games. Do you think the 76ers hold on and make the playoffs?
1: I mean, my initial reaction was it won't matter because the East is so below where the West is and not playing that well right now. But I, I now when you say that they're only a came and a half away and I should check the standings more often, I think it's going to be hard to hold on because you have to think that the Heat have been giving the least thought to the regular season of those teams and are going to try and turn it on the most now. There are a couple other teams in there that could get hot. I mean, I don't know what their schedule looks like, but that's a, a tough spot for, for the Sixers. Mostly, though, I, I just I only care – if And the Sixers internally probably know this already, so they they know what these wins or losses mean to them. I only care if they think that Embiid is going to come back and, and be Embiid for the playoffs. Because if he's not, you know, then what, what does it matter anyway?
0: Their strength of schedule, they play a 500, literally. They are the 15th okay, right in the middle of yeah. schedule with a .501 opponent record. So just okay. above the 500. Yeah. Um not e- not not easy, not not something that's just gonna make it easy for them, but we'll we'll see. They're also last thing, they've played six or they played five more home games than they have played away games. So they also need to go plus five away games in this stretch as well. So yeah, honestly, Josh, there it's gonna be a needle to thread for the 76ers to get in. Quite the opposite is the Dallas Mavericks on the West. Yeah. Uh, Seven-game win streak right now taking on the Pacers. It is, as we are talking, 37-35 Indiana in the top of the second quarter. Um, Mavs can win the West playoffs. It would not surprise me. They added two key forwards and already have two elite guards. You could argue the best backcourt in the league. And for everyone saying Luka hasn't had playoff success, he's averaged – 33 9 and 8 over 28 games if anyone has said luca hasn't had playoff success they haven't been watching
1: yeah i was gonna start there yeah. a certified. i mean he, killer, he's given like the suns yeah uh
0: you could argue they have the best in the league could you add jason kidd and say they have the best uh guard building in the nba <laughs> i
1: don't i don't know if i care so much about the other good coaches although uh, I guess Tyron Lu's career doesn't doesn't really look as good compared to Kid and, and some other guys.
0: That would that would come that would
1: that would. I mean, Kerr has a similar to Tyron Liu, You know, n- didn't make a big individual impact, but I, I yeah, I. <laughs> excuse me.
0: You think you think the Maps? I'm gonna say the gap I like fit the Maps. Like the yeah, the the Gapper fit has allowed them to stay playing big even when Lively gets in foul trouble. And he's a young player who sometimes gets some dumb fouls. And now it's the just perfect fit with Luka. And you also, it's underrated how important getting Maxi Kleba back is because he can play the five and then have them play small ball. So now the Mavs can play either way. And Kleba's pretty versatile defensively. So is P.J. Washington. So you have a bunch of guys and then you can go potentially double big with like a Gafford and Lively situation if you really needed to against like a... Minnesota or if you want to throw a too big look at Jokic and have a help defense helping over. Like the Mavs set themselves up to play against any type of opponent.
1: We we love the Mavs there. It's I really hope, and it looks like it's heading towards the Mavs and Phoenix potentially being a four-five. Game in the first round of the playoffs, which I would love. We know Dallas matches up well against them. I, I love the additions they made. I-, I know that Luca can play in the playoffs. I know Kyrie can be a phenomenal second fiddle in the playoffs. I-, I-, I think they're peaking at the right time. I think they don't have injuries. So many things, even with how difficult the West is, are going right for them. Um, and, I mean, if, if we, were, we were talking about this earlier, too. If you look at the fir- top ten in the West, all of these teams are either good or entertaining or both. I cannot wait for the playoffs in the West specifically.
0: I, I have no idea. Like, it's going to be so much fun. Um, let's yeah. bring in Alec, our little video producer in the back room. He's been dropping a- another few yeah, dimes Alex. in the chat, knowing that Wemby had a 27-10-8. Yeah. Alec, any just general thoughts that we need to discuss from the show? Um, we're seeing Palo, uh, the game winner and the, um, and the clip after it made me think of Tatum being in the news, talking about him being the face of the league. Um, I mean, you gotta like, you gotta respect the confidence, but before, regardless of Tatum, there's other people, you know, you could start off, but like the next maybe face of the league, Palo's a contender. I mean, he's been amazing and seeing him make a shot like that seeing the emotion afterwards like that's what it's all about uh you love to see and see that from him and it looks like he has it so seeing him maybe emerge be a potential candidate for that title when uh lebron leaves would be really exciting i think av who do you think's the next face of the league if we changing of the guard coming back to our first podcast this season
1: I mean, I know who I want it to be. I want it to be Anthony Edwards. I think I'm I'm making a stretch there. I don't think he's first in line. And I don't think that the Minnesota are going to be as real in the playoffs as they are in the regular season. You have to win to be the next face of the league. I just I just love how exciting he is. I, I love his game. I, I know that, you know, from a personality standpoint, he's more of a wild card and not more, you know, the clean, more date Tatum. Uh, face of the league cut. And I know, you know, he doesn't play for one of the teams, you know, Boston, Lakers, New York, where they
0: want the face to be. So he
1: has some obstacles, but I want it to be Anthony Edwards. You have to win,
0: but yeah. Did you see his like walking interview with Stephen A. Smith the other day?
1: I did not. He had a walking interview. That's good. Yeah, He's they're like there.
0: walking through the tunnel together for like, <laughs> like three minutes while they talk and like just sit down in chairs. I don't know why yeah. we're, doing, I don't yeah. know why we're making a cameraman like walk backwards while he films the thing. Why we're going through the tunnel passing other people? Uh, Anthony Edwards in that interview said him, SGA, and Luca are the three next faces of the league. Yeah, so now-
1: SGA put put him in. Yeah, uh, again, i mean, I'm in on all three of those. Those are great choices. I know that, you know, Giannis and, and Joker sort of had their face of the league overshadowed because Steph and LeBron are still so hype, even if they're not winning. And Giannis and Luke, and I'm sorry, Giannis and Joker both just don't care. So it's not like okay. they're pushing to be like, get out of the face of the league way for Steph and, and LeBron. But I do think it has to be one of the younger's SGA. It's I mean, a lot of it depends on which one of these teams is for real in the playoffs and wins because it has to happen in the playoffs.
0: The reason why it's not an easy answer its Joel Embiid is because of the playoff and the health stuff thus far because he has a you. big Definitely personality. He's one MVP. Yeah. He was on track to do it again. He's still young-ish. He kind of threads the needle between both both generations. Uh, it would have been Embiid, but its we'll have to see. Hopefully he comes back strong. 76ers make the playoffs. He ends up having a great playoff run because we would all love to see that unless you're like anti-76ers. No. Uh anything else that we need to add? I'm going I'm just going to go to ESPN NBA and see what the see what the headline stories are and see if we uh five players suspended for a Heat Pelicans fight. Jimmy Butler. Trey Young out 4 weeks with a finger injury.
1: Yeah, I mean, I didn't care about Atlanta anyway, but I I do feel bad that that he is hurt cuz he's actually played pretty well this season. Um and again, let's, let's get him in San Antonio paired with Wendy. That's, that's what I'm
0: pushing right for. I'm, yeah. So A.V., I'm going to, as we sign off, a bunch of people who are tailing the fiddles picks are going to be sweating out this Phoenix Suns Lakers under. We're on the under 239 <laughs> and a half, 112 with four minutes to go. So we got to, we're, we're looking like we're in good shape for that one. Thank you as always for people for tuning in. A.V., we will see you next week. Uh, I will be posting that Coach of the Year $5,000 position to my Substack today, to my Twitter tomorrow. Make sure you go check that out because it is going to be a very fun kind of insider strategy talk and basketball talk. And if you like my content, you will like all that stuff, too. As always, thank you again, Alec. Peace out.